0: Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Talking Tourism. I'm Mark Sutcliffe, it's great to be with you once again and I'm really looking forward to our conversation on this episode. I'm joined by Tasha Rodenizer, who is the CEO of the RA Center, a really important local institution with a long history. Tasha, welcome to Talking Tourism. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for the invitation Mark and good morning. I'm really excited to chat with you. It's obviously been a challenging time for the RA Centre, like so many other organizations in our community that serve the public over the last two years. Uh, There have been so many challenges. But you have some exciting announcements to make as well about the future, and we're going to get into all of that in our conversation today. I wanted to start, though, by saying a big thank you to our friends at Ottawa Tourism, who are the sponsors of Talking Tourism. Let's hear from Ottawa Tourism. This podcast is presented by Ottawa Tourism. They're creating fresh new ways for you to help kickstart Ottawa's economy, as well as build a more dynamic city for residents and visitors alike. Whether it's hosting a business meeting, inviting family to visit for a long weekend, or something as simple as an Instagram post. Learn more about how you help make Ottawa A better place to live, work, and visit at ottawatourism.ca. All right, Tasha, let's talk about the RA Centre. And as I mentioned, this is an organization with a long history in Ottawa. Maybe you could just kind of talk a little bit about what the RA Centre does, I guess under normal times, and then we can talk about how you pivoted and adapted during COVID.
1: Sure, Mark. Well, maybe maybe a couple. I'll start with a couple of history facts for for you. Um, we are in fact celebrating our 80th year uh, since incorporation. And um, what many people in the city know is that we were originally created to exclusively provide fitness, sport, recreation to uh, federal public servants. But in the mid 90s, that changed, and and since roughly that time, we've been autonomous. We do not receive any funding from any other organization or level of government, and we are a not-for-profit uh, facility. And uh, with that, we, we do a little bit more than what you see on the campus. So we, we actually operate all the federal public service cafeterias in, in the nation's capital. Uh, we, we run a number of corporate fitness facilities, and then we've got this amazing campus in the middle of the city, uh, where we have the bulk of our uh, of our business, which includes outdoor and indoor sports, um, leagues, we have a uh, fitness facility, and of course, things like events and conferencing and food and beverage. Yeah. So we're pretty, pretty uh, diversified organization.
0: Absolutely. And I, I'm not sure there's anybody in Ottawa who hasn't in the last few years set foot on the campus for one reason or another, a softball tournament, some other sporting event, uh, maybe a meeting in in the building. Um, I, I run by there a lot. So there's lots of connections to the RA Centre for people in the local community. But in the last couple of years, of course, uh, so much of that has been threatened by COVID. So mm-hmm. how's that impacted the RA Centre and how have you adapted?
1: Well, I mentioned it a moment ago how diversified we are, but, you know, who would have ever contemplated the emptying of all the, the government buildings? Um, so our, our pretty much every line of business has been quite significantly impacted other than our host of sport, which we'll hopefully talk about in a moment. But it's, it's been it's been very difficult. I know I speak on behalf of many of my colleagues throughout the industry um, you know, closing, or you're in this constant state of planning and unplanning in an incredibly ambiguous environment that was forever changing. So, you know, I think there's this uh, cautious sense of optimism right now. Uh, people have been slowly returning to the activities that they've grown to love, and um, you know, we're just hoping that you know, as a as a community, we've been doing all the right things, high vaccination rates. Uh, and uh, trying to adapt to this this new reality.
0: And are you starting to plan for when people are going to be coming back in larger and larger numbers? As as uh, fingers crossed, we we emerge from COVID.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think since the summer period where we we hosted uh, roughly three thousand kids through summer camp programs, that that was kind of like going from zero to a hundred overnight. Um, and 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 doing so quite successfully, and then the reopening of, of programs and and off, often in slower uh, or lower numbers of, of people. But that has, uh, as restrictions have relaxed, uh, you know, we've been incorporating that. But we're still in a point where we need to be hyper vigilant and making sure that as we're reopening things, we're able to do so in a cost-neutral manner. So we can't take too many risks right now.
0: Yeah. Now, you are making some exciting announcements, and there are going to be some new things as we emerge from COVID and more and more things start Mm -hmm. opening up. So I know, uh, for example, pickleball is this really rapidly growing sport. So uh, you're opening some new pickleball courts. Tell us about that and some of the other announcements that you've been making.
1: Well, not to downplay, you know, the significance of a global pandemic and and the impact that's had on, on our community. And and people who whom we love Um, but you know with that came some opportunities and we've been in a in a state of transformation now really since 2015 and um, and that includes taking a look at all aspects of the business what what are what are performing well what what are the needs of our community how are those needs changing and and so COVID allowed us to accelerate some of those plans And, and and as you you mentioned just a moment ago Mark the Pickleball is the fastest growing sport in North America and um, we were able to through a a number of changes in our building, namely and this is the the not so good part of the the ripple effect is we exited our hockey program and our hockey program had been running here since 1978. So those are decisions obviously that are not made lightly or quickly. Uh, Lots of analysis went into that but but By exiting our hockey program, we we moved and created a a curling center of excellence, which we opened in September. Um, And the first feet on the ice actually were the Olympic hopefuls as we were um, hosting Curling Canada's Olympic qualifier trials. So that was uh, not anxiety ridden at all. <laughs> um, so that not so that just was for the in competitors, September right
0: <laughs> for the organizers that, that, exactly. for the hosts as well it's it's not there's not just tension in the air cuz it's the olympic trials
1: That that's exactly right there were i think um most of the our property staff had their nails bitten to the to the nubs <laughs> um so that was that was really exciting and and just you could just feel the energy Returning into the building, and and then our old curling facility, we transformed into a purpose-built seven-court indoor pickleball facility, and we we just uh, we that's been open now for roughly a month, and we had our grand opening with some dignitaries because that was a project that was supported by the Ontario Trillium Foundation, which we're very grateful for that type of support. So those those elements have, um, and and that's just a that's a you know, a hive of activity, yeah. uh, and, uh, and very busy. And we, we actually sold out our pickleball memberships before we started construction. So wow. those are really good problems to have. And we're looking yeah. at, you know, what are the next things? How do we enhance um, that program? And how do we better meet the needs of our community?
0: You mentioned House of Sport. Tell us more about that.
1: Well, House of Sport was an innovative um, approach to retaining the national and multi-sport organizations in Ottawa. Um, Ottawa Tourism had undertaken uh, some some work in probably 2014, 2015, looking at the economic um, uh, contribution of sport in in our community. And it's it's a fairly uh, high contribution at the time uh, around $76 million per year. And so we, the, the RA Centre interestingly has a shared history with the James Naismith building for those who live have lived in Ottawa for some time. All of the national sport organizations yeah. used to be co-housed.
0: And so- I remember that. Had, and there's, so this yes. would be like the National Soccer Association and the National Ski Association and, and, and so on, all the different sports had a national organization and they were all in one building, right?
1: That's correct. And, and since that time, Mark, you know, as other municipalities were hosting major games, some of those national sport organizations left the nation's capital. And um, so there was a, a real desire to retain those who were still here. Uh, so long story short, we, we took roughly 40,000 square feet of our existing building And we recapitalized it, and and those spaces included what was a 10-lane bowling alley, an old gymnasium. And, and, you know, interestingly, those spaces lent themselves beautifully to this kind of new, innovative, uh, beautiful space. And we um, are now home to over 40 uh, sport organizations, in addition to a few other uh, service providers so it is a uh, very different real estate type of format the first mm. of its kind anywhere in canada we have wow. hosted international uh, groups who are interested in learning a little bit more about what we've done We've shared our business models, or you know, any of the other research that we've done with any any other group anywhere in the world. Um, just a few weeks ago, I was speaking to a, a group in Tunisia who are interested in doing something similar to what we've created here in Ottawa. So it's a it's a project that elicits great pride and and um, thankful for Ottawa Tourism for their involvement on that project as well. And we're looking at. You know, how do you continue to leverage that? How do you work together as a collective to advance sport in our community?
0: Yeah, and just on that point and a final wrap-up question, Tasha, just how important do you think sport is to tourism in Ottawa?
1: I think it is exceptionally important. And um, and I, I think it on, on so many levels, but certainly from, from economic uh, contribution in our city, it's something that... Uh, the vast majority of people engage in in some capacity. We we often think of the athletes um, only, or or but there's athletes, there's volunteers, coaches, officials, um, spectators, uh, and and it it I think in this particular period of our of our history, it's essential that we get people back on the courts, back on the field to play. Um, to to be able to um, bring our community and strengthen the, uh, the fabric of that community and heal from, you know, this very challenging period in our lives.
0: Absolutely. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up at the RA Centre. Tasha, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure.
0: That's Tasha Rodenizer, who's the CEO of the RA Centre. And that's it for this edition of Talking Tourism. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.